Hello, this is Kip Attaway. Check your watch. Are you here? Great. And howdy. Welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. It is our extreme pleasure to present this interview from the archives with Kip Attaway. The interview went out on the radio back in 2007, and since then it's been sitting on a disc gathering dust. Well, it's our pleasure to bring it out, dust it off, and bring it to you on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, and everywhere else. Kip Attaway is one of the artists who is not so easy to categorize. Some folks know him as an artist with a comedic side. His songs can be quite, well, hysterical. And some songs could be considered offensive to some. He's known for and has a cult following for his comedy, but many may overlook his tremendous songwriting. Kip Attaway is a writer. Writes everything from ballads to up-tempo stuff in calypso country, even Hawaiian music. Some of his songs have been recorded by other artists, and many have been in the charts. Mikey and the Motorcars recorded the song Rock Springs to Cheyenne, and what a fantastic tune that is. And you will not regret the chance to listen to all of Kip Attaway's music, from the wild and crazy to the serious and pensive. He is not an artist you will forget. A good way to start is to join us for this look at his music and a look at the man himself. This interview was taped at the legendary Spondifits 2 restaurant in Cumming, Georgia. The Cumming location has closed, but the original Spondifits in East Point is still thriving. And with this Kip Attaway interview, you will laugh, you'll think, and most of all, we hope you will have fun. Now, before we start the interview, just know how much we appreciate you being here. You can help us just by listening. But did you know you can give yourself and others the gift of stories? Mm Mm-hmm. Keep us running by going to www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. And we thank you. Now let's hear what Kip Attaway had to say all those years ago. Let's listen, all of us, together. I'm here at one of my favorite restaurants, Fun Divots, with Mr. Kip Attaway. So welcome to the program, Kip. Hello there. So my first question is, on one of your songs, you say you're, you were born in Texas? Yep, Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. So how'd you end up in Jackson Hole? Wyoming, well, for the listening. I moved up to Idaho to paint houses. When I was 19 years old, and I started playing in the bar. The drinking age at that time was 19, so I started going around all the bars and playing guitar and singing. And then we put a little band together, and they told me about Jackson Hole. We went over there and fell in love with the place. So like everybody else that wants to move to Jackson Hole, I actually did. So I've been there for almost 30 years. What's it like? In the summer, it's the most incredible place in the world. Uh, Forbes magazine wrote an article about Jackson and said it was the most desirable place to live in the free world. I agree, except the winters can be a little chilly, like 40 below for a week in a row or two. And one of the songs, you're talking about all the different places you've been. Are you kind of a, a wandering soul? Absolutely. I live in a car, sleep in a car. I love it. I actually have a house in 
every now and then I go see if my stuff's still there, but <laughs> I travel all the time. I'm playing here tonight and then uh, I head for uh fly straight to LA, go on a seven day Mexican cruise on a ship and then uh fly right back here, get in the car, drive to Wyoming and do a bunch of one nighters. So I'm moving all the time. I wanted to ask about uh there there is one of your songs that you 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 talk about uh, uh, Find the one. The uh, the Lord, I wish Harley made a wheelchair. And I'm wondering, are you a, a Harley man? No, but I do a lot of work for uh, for some of the bike groups, and I don't own a motorcycle because I like to drink a lot. <laughs> and the thought of me uh, falling in in faster than I can walk scares me to death. But uh, my daughter, you met my daughter a little while ago. She's in a wheelchair. And I was just thinking how cool it would be if Harley would make a wheelchair because her little electric chair is so quiet. Buzz around. I was just thinking how cool it would be if she had a, had a Harley Davidson wheelchair. She could make a statement cruising around on it. And then uh, I was doing some work at uh, Veterans Home playing for some of those guys. And I met a guy in a wheelchair that used to own a Harley. And that was the one thing he really missed the most was riding his Harley. And that's where the song idea came from. In the song, you talk about, uh, in the one song, when you're talking about all the places you'd been, you talk about how you'd, uh, you, you went to Honolulu once or twice, and you had to admit it was awful nice, and then you went down to the Florida Keys, and you drank the rum in the ocean breeze. So I was wondering, as I got kind of mixed messages, do you like the Keys? I don't particularly care for Key West. Uh, I found it very, very, very commercial, and, uh, I'm sure at one time it was the coolest place in the world to live and probably still is to the people that live there. Of course, I live in Jackson Hole, so this would be pot calling the kettle black to say, well, Jackson Hole used to be a great little western town, and now it's now it's all screwed up with all the chain stores and the McDonald's and the, you know all that stuff. And that's true, too. Um, but you can't stop progress, and anytime you go to a really neat resort area. Sooner or later, it's going to get discovered. There are still resorts that are pretty good hideouts, and I look for those and seek them out and spend as much time as I can there. I don't spend a lot of time in Key West, but uh, part of my not lot enjoying performing there was for, it's real hard to get in there to fly, and uh, it's pretty locked up, and the local guys don't like out-of-towners coming in and playing their gigs. Which is understandable. Same thing in Hawaii and and almost anywhere you go. The Hawaiians accepted me because I'm, I'm a songwriter and they really liked the kind of stuff that I wrote. And uh, Key West, if you want to play in a bar there, you got to play Margaritaville, play Brown Eyed Girl, play maybe one or two Skinner songs, maybe American Pie. Go back to Margaritaville, Brown Eyed Girl. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just you don't have to have a very big, big repertoire to play a lot of resort time. I spent all winter in Vail, Colorado last ski season. Same mentality. They don't want to listen or hear anything new. They want to hear the same three or four songs, and they'll party to those and they'll enjoy them. But you try to play something new or something that, besides those several songs, you're not going to go over very well because their attention span is not on what you're doing. It's what they're doing. Right. 
So how did you start out in music? Beatles, Sir Paul. I could have a normal job, but I saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, and I was was a goner from then on. I said, that's what I want to do. Have really pretty girls getting excited when you sing songs. And so I watched the Beatles, and I watched the girls go crazy over the Beatles, and I said, that's what I want to do. So I've been playing guitar since the fifth grade, and I still am not very good, as you'll see in a little while. (laughs) So are you married? I've been divorced for 25 wonderful years. (laughs) But I have a 28-year-old daughter that I love more than anything. She's traveling with me right now full time. She got spinal meningitis when she's two weeks old. And um, she's been living up in Wyoming with me, but I'm doing so much traveling. And she was bored there. And and, uh, so I said, I went and bought a, I've got a 40-foot tour bus. I went and bought a, an, a 16-passenger bus that has a wheelchair lift. I bought it from the Riverton, Wyoming Senior Citizen Center, and it's got a big wheelchair lift on the side. So I uh, bought that and uh, set it up like a little mini motorhome, and it, it looks like a geezer rig going down the road, so I don't ever worry about I just blend in really well. I don't write my name on the side or anything, and I just cruise right through town. Nobody even notices me, and I got her in the back. She's got her computer or DVDs, and it's a good way to travel. And I noticed that you had an album for her, and it's called, I like a really nice title. I thought it was very clever, Just For You. Exactly. And my first album, back back on 78 RPM, I think. Uh, it's on a 33 to 3rd vinyl, and it, uh, it actually had two songs that charted on the top 100 on the country charts. One song that I wrote, which is currently being played fairly regularly by by Mickey and the Motor Cars. Have you heard of those kids? They are phenomenal. Reckless Kelly's little brothers, and they're one of the top bands in Texas right now. And they just recorded one of my tunes. It's getting some regular play. And then one other song off of my first album charted in the top 100. It's called Wild Western Windblown Band, and Reckless Kelly recorded it. So the kids are carrying on the flame for us old geezers. It's pretty exciting. I wanted to ask about, um, you mentioned that you, you know, like so many people, you saw the Beatles, and that was kind of an inspiration because of the the, uh, the Beatle mania and the effect that it had on the many young women of that era. But I wanted to know, what other kind of stuff did you listen to growing up? Well, of course, all rock and roll. I'm a rock and roll fanatic. Uh, when Willie Nelson start, came back from Nashville to Texas and started playing uh, all around Texas and in I started listening to country music. I didn't like country before that because it was, I thought it was corny. And the, the guys that listened to country music wanted to cut my hair with a pocket knife and you know, I didn't enjoy their company. And so, um, because of Willie Nelson, I started listening to country and then I got into Jerry Jeff. And of course, Jerry Jeff and I've become friends since then. I, uh, introduced Jerry Jeff to the song Trashy Women. A friend of mine wrote that and we were doing a show one night and I, Jerry Jeff said, I, teach me that song. It's a great song. So I did. He says, here's, here's a copy of it. And so he started doing it. He was the first person to actually release it nationally. And then Confederate Railroad, who are also buddies of mine, they live down the street here. Um, they heard Jerry Jeff do it. They recorded it. And then it became a number one hit song. And now you hear it everywhere. And they've done quite well with that team. The song, If You Won't Leave Me Alone, it's written by you and two other guys. Let's see, Fennel Bennett, I think, maybe? Bennett and uh, 
And Walker, is it? Madeline Walker, who's sitting in there. She's doing my uh, merchandise. She sells my CDs for me. Oh, I see. And uh, uh, that's actually about her (laughs) ex-husband. She gave me the song title, the song idea, and everything. And Bennett and I write songs together all the time. The three of us sat around and wrote that song. (laughs) I hope her ex-husband is listening. (laughs) The one thing that's unfortunate is uh, I've got to drive home after this gig. And so you won't be able to cook my goose, well, as you say in the one song. You're lucky. You know, I can't imagine listening to what I do sober. I apologize <laughs> in advance. So you've both, how long have you been a drinking man since before it was legal uh, for you to do so? I was 19. And I started drinking when the drinking age was 19, and I started drinking. And I liked it. Actually, my first job was 20 bucks a night, and all I could drink. So I decided I was going to turn that into a profit deal, and I did. <laughs> I drank the poor guy out of house and home. So just out of curiosity, what do you? Uh, what's your pleasure? What do you like to drink? It varies. Uh, I used to drink scotch a lot, but I, I behave myself when I drink scotch. So I'll be on stage, and I won't say anything goofy uh, or rude. And if you drink tequila or something, I'll say anything. <laughs> Oh, uh, I tend to drink more whiskey or tequila on stage. And if I'm sitting at home in the hot tub with a really good cigar, I'll drink scotch because I don't have to think fast and do anything silly. But that's how I started doing the comedy routine was I had a band and the band split up. I started playing at the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar in Jackson Hole, which is where Jerry Jeff was coming in. And um, I noticed that I'd play a nice song. People would sit there and I'd play a really silly song. People would get. And start having fun, kind of like the theory back to uh, Key West. They want to hear their their songs that they like to party to. So I started developing this large repertoire of, of comedy type songs. Of course, I did parodies, uh, rewrite. We rewrote Jerry and I rewrote two songs today before yesterday. We rewrote uh, uh, was it Gary Puckett and Union Gap. Young girl, get out of my. We rewrote. That girl, get out of my car. I got real drunk and picked you up at the bar. You better run, girl. You know, you get the drift. <laughs> All the people in that song. I like though. fat girls, by the way, so it's okay. No offense. <laughs> Actually, I like all girls. Yeah. <laughs> in the song, you mentioned about all the people you've drunk with. And I was like, man, this guy has, has really knocked uh, back with some... some uh, some American heroes, Merle Haggard. Is that right? Yeah, I, uh, I won the Marlboro National Talent Search quite a few years back when it was okay to smoke. It was okay for, for Marlboro to sponsor smoking type things. And uh, we won the contest, and we got to play at the Open Coliseum with Merle Haggard. Who else was it? Ricky Skagg. Merle Haggard. Ricky Skagg. Yeah. <laughs> he was a very nice guy. He was really cool. He comes back to the dressing room at the Oakland Coliseum and sold out. And he comes back in the dressing room and said, you know how long I played before I made $5,000 for 15 minutes? Because that's what they paid us for doing 15 minutes. And you guys are you know, congratulating us. He was really a nice guy. And the headliner was Hank Williams Jr. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I like playing big, big venues. It's great. And I've worked with Merle since then, too, because Merle will remember me, but that's all right. So are there, is there anything on the horizon with Kip Attaway? I'm going to retire as soon as I win the lottery. 
the Powerball. Yeah, I've got to win the Powerball. <laughs> There's only one Powerball ticket keeping me from retiring. Now, I, I just, uh, I've been slowing down a little bit lately, having my daughter with me, because it's, it's a tremendous responsibility. But I love the traveling, and I love playing music and meeting new folks. And I, and I do some. I was just in Alaska twice this summer, and really enjoyed that. So, who out there, uh, musically, anyways, whether young or old, would you have to give the respect to as far as performer or songwriter? Well, Reckless Kelly, you need to look those guys up. RecklessKelly.com are a phenomenal group. Their dad and I grew up together, and uh, these kids, when uh, the oldest of the Braun family, Cody, there's four boys, the two youngest boys in a band called Mickey and the Motor Cars. And uh, those two bands are just they're on they're on the way up. And I really, really enjoy their music, and you will too, so you check them out. As far as uh, old-time songwriters, one of my favorite songwriters would be John Prine. I really like his, his wit. But, you know, I like funny songs. I like story songs. Um, John Prine's one of my favorites. Uh, Guy Clark is a phenomenal songwriter. You know, there, there's some great, great... I, I was hearing something the other day that Bob Dylan was voted the number one songwriter of all time. And I don't know if I agree with that or not, but I sure like a lot of his stuff. I was wondering, per the one song, the the Jimmy Buffett, you could stuff it song. <laughs> is there any animosity there? No, it's no, not at all. I love Jimmy Buffett. Really? Uh, and I'm just not crazy about Key West. It's really crowded. And I, I just didn't enjoy myself. And I was driving a 40 foot tour bus with uh, an equipment sound and light trailer. I'm just going to go down and hang out for a few days and check out the bars. I went in Margaritaville, and uh, I think I could do very well if I, in the right venue in, in Key West, because when I go to, to, to resort towns, I do very well. And I went in Margaritaville, and uh, the, the, there was a band playing, and the next night it was dark. And I said, well, how about if I come in and play tomorrow night for free, and then as an audition, and see if you're interested in music? No, they weren't interested at all in that. Hmm. But I go around town and look at all the people that are playing, and everybody's doing the same three songs. They're all pretty average. I mean, there's some great players down there, too. But most of you hear everything's the same in every bar. I mean, and the same thing in Vail. Walk up the street in Vail, Colorado to operate ski at 5 o'clock, and you're going to hear Margaritaville three times at three different bars. So there's no question about what, what great music it is. And and uh, I just didn't, I didn't care much for Key West, per se. I like the Keys. And I just thought it was crowded, and I didn't enjoy myself. So other than your music, what kind of stuff do you enjoy doing with your spare time, should you have any? I like to fish. Uh, the fish in the ocean. I like to fish in a pond. I like to fish anywhere. That's what I like to do. And I like to play guitar and make up so. This place, Fun Divots, believe it or not, has a very strong connection to our program. Some of the original ideas behind the start of our, our program Started in Spawn Divots, uh, some tied on six hour lunches we used to have here. <laughs> so I was wondering, how did you leave Andy Kent? Jackson Hole. Yeah, he, he spends a lot of time up in Jackson Hole. And, uh, we've been friends for a long time. He'd come up there and see me play at the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar and we'd have a few cocktails and he kept inviting me to come play at one of his restaurants. Back then he had the original one down, down south. Yeah. 
And uh, finally, he taught me to come through and play, and, and I had so much fun. And of course, then uh, my my old my the guy when I have a band, it's the drummer and the bass player were Chris Chris Ledoux forever. And they're if you look on the the credits, they're on there. Uh, it, some of the albums have credits. That one's a compilation, so it, uh, the FB ten pages of people that played on that album, but. K.W. Turnbull and David Lyle Evans, who were Chris, toured with Chris Ledoux forever, or the guys sang about to play with me. And I, Ledoux was doing a show here in, or down in Atlanta. And I, I called the band up. I said, go to Spawn Divots. And they went, Andy beat them within an inch of their life. <laughs> Swept them out the front door. And they still talk about how much fun they had. And that was down at East Point. And then East Point, technically? East Point, yep. Uh, so I had a lot of fun down the south side. Me too. Do you know what a spawn divot is? I have no idea. I do. I'll tell you off the air. <laughs> so my last question to you, Kip Attaway, given that our program is broadcast all over the world. Really? Yes. What would you... You're recording this? This is recorded. Uh-oh. You can't go Come on. <laughs> what would you, Kip Attaway, like to say to the world? I'm speechless. That's the toughest question anybody's ever asked me. Uh, go buy all of my CDs and then I can retire. KipAdaway.com. <laughs> thank you, my friend. All right. Thank you. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.